Brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 134 of the CRW Podcast, the Towson Preview and Predictions Edition. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, and I got my co-host, Steven, with me. What's going on, Steven? What's going on, everybody? Unfortunately, Bradley couldn't be here this week, so uh, all three of us be back together again soon, but... With that being said, there'll be no Mountaineer Multiple Choice game show at the end this week, so I figured we'd switch up the segments a little bit. So I win. Yeah, Steven automatically wins by default. Yep, 100%. Claim that victory. (laughs) Claim that victory. I don't blame you. I would get him any way I can. Yeah, you know, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Uh, No call, no show, like if it's a job, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> so we're still going to get into off-topic babble, but just going to put that on hold briefly, momentarily. Instead of it being the first segment, it's going to be the second because we're going to kick it off with kind of final thoughts on West Virginia's loss to Kansas and kind of the start to the season. I know, Stephen, we did the post-game you know, instant reaction stream immediately following the game. You didn't get to be on the Kansas uh, review and reaction, you know, season five, episode 132 of the podcast or 133 excuse me of the crw podcast but so you know just kind of wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on where you're at now not immediately following but you know a few days removed now from the loss to kansas and the drastic change of the tone of the mountaineer fan base to one of you know being kind of finished with this regime and ready to move on and just everything really that's transpired in the within the first two games of the Mountaineer football season, I guess, Stephen, what what are you thinking over there? Uh, you know, obviously still disappointed. Uh, that hasn't changed. But, um, you know, with a few days to digest everything, uh, you know, I, I said it even in the, you know, in the reaction show that that my feelings probably would change slightly. Um, I still I'm still off that Neil Brown train, so to speak. Um, I'm not not really riding that anymore because I haven't seen anything produced on the field, like I said before. But, um, you know, with a few days to digest and everything, you know, I still have time to jump back on that train, you know. So 
I try to be as optimistic as I can as a fan because I feel like there's enough pessimism, you know, in the world alone and then in, in, in this fan base, especially sometimes um, that I try to be so, you know, someone that's really optimistic. With that said, I'm I'm still very very discouraged from what I've what I've seen on the field. You know, we've seen, we've talked time and time again on how we finally get one thing fixed, and then you know, in terms of offense or defense, we get one thing fixed, and then it's the other thing we have to focus on. Uh, then you know, you listen to the press conferences today, and certain points you're like, okay, well that's encouraging, and then for the most part, I you know I just didn't hear anything from anybody today that I felt more encouraged about, you know, going, going further along into this season. And so I think this weekend, I think a few times I've heard it on a few podcasts that this weekend, you know, you're probably going to get some fool's gold, fool's gold because it is Towson. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to overlook anybody, especially because I predicted what I predicted last week. Um, So there's always a chance, but, you know, with the talent that we have on the offensive side of the ball and, you know, with the defensive front that we, we have, we know we can, that, that can play well. Um, I expect West Virginia to come out and play well this week, but, but moving forward after that, I, I'm not, I'm not as confident going into week four, especially going into week five. Um, so the answer I guess would be, you know, I I still feel generally the same about how, I expected this season to start and go for this whole entire team, let alone the coaching staff. Um, but, you know, it's – you can only go so many seasons and, and back someone up and and how many excuses they can have about what happens on the field. And it doesn't take that long to build a program in today's game. And I know that we talk time and time again about what he was left with, but – if you want to compare and make those comparisons, what was Kansas left with? You know, when when yeah. Leipold took the helm over that way, not even two seasons ago. So, you know, we can sit here and make arguments and arguments and arguments for people, but at the end of the day, you've got to produce. And you can say that you're more frustrated, but I promise you, I promise you, you may have lived it, quote unquote. But I mean, it's not what you've, you didn't do it for your whole life. You did that for your childhood. You know, people like us, you know, we've dedicated our entire lives to going to these football games. And I get it. Like you put your blood, sweat and tears in, into it when you play or you coach. And I'm not taking that away from them, but I feel like, you know, I feel like that was a stab at the, at the fan base, if anything, from what I heard from, from Neil Brown's presser today, kind of a transition into that, if you will. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%, and I'm glad you brought that up about Kansas and, you know, what Leipold had because, you know, to me that's what, you know, one of the final thoughts that I kind of had about it was was just that, you know, the things that really drove home to me how it was right that we were disappointed as we are and how we're finally, you know, everyone's kind of seeing, you know, what others have seen, I guess, before us that, you know, we thought were wrong, but maybe, you know, it looks like the, those of us that were preaching trust the climb may have been wrong. Like I said, there's still 10 games to tell, but, you know, I think what really drove that home is what you said when I thought about it, you know, a couple things, and one of those being West Virginia being 0-2 for the first time since 1979, never at New Mountaineer Field ever being 0-2. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. stat. 
And then, of course, what you said as well, you know, we've thought for a while, you know, we need to give Brown three years, four years. And, of course, this year we thought we had the pieces anyway. And that's been the one reason we've been, you know, preaching the trust to climb is because how bare the cupboard was left. But, you know, I heard another podcast put it uh, put it a great way. You know, there wasn't even a cupboard for Lance Leipold. Probably he had to build the cupboard before he could even stock it. And they're yeah. in year two. And not only is it year two, but he didn't get there till after spring football in year one. So really a year and a half. And they've got enough pieces to where they can do what they did offensively and and may, uh, manhandle West Virginia the way they did in year four. Um, so you can't, like I said, no more excuses. That's just, that's what it boils down to. There can't be any more excuses um, when you've got coaches that have been hired after you that are, you know, performing better than you. That's just what it boils down to really. And switching over to the presser, since, you know, we did want to kind of transition that a little bit. Uh, the one thing for me, um, the quote that stood out, I know he said it, and I believe it was in Caden Prather's press conference that said it as well and said, you know, Coach Brown tells them that. And, you know, uh, I guess they were trying to drive that home. But it, the quote was, never take criticism from someone you wouldn't go to for advice. I mean, is that – what is that – how's that come across to you? Uh, again, I you know, I take it as a slap, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you, you know, you – can sit there and what really got me though was what he said after that he said you know we could we could be we're oh and two right now but we could be two and oh yeah we could be and then he also said i could also be i could also be an nfl player if i run a little bit faster I, what what <laughs> what does that mean I, I mean so you're saying basically like yeah we we could win games, but we're not. And you're basically just saying you're giving up in that sense. You know, I've heard, I heard a lot of things in the beginning of his presser today that almost were encouraging. And I'm like, okay, well, it seems like he's, he's got some fire in his belly. I, you know, you don't really hear Neil get too fired up too much until this season, really. Um, and, and then you come out and you make, you know, comments like that. I mean, you know, I think both of those comments, you know, along with a few others were, were, kind of slaps in the face towards the fan base, if you will, because, you know, I, I feel like if anything, we deserve, he, he even said it, we deserve to be frustrated in, this, in you know, the yeah. way that we are. But then you come out and you deliver 15 excuses on why, you know, on why you didn't win the football game. Oh, well, this, you know, we're down so many players on this side and, you know, this player made plays and you highlight what we did well. Well, that's that's fine and dandy. You're not winning football games. That's what you were hired to do as a football coach. The first and foremost thing that you were hired to do was win football games at WVU. You haven't done that. And to my knowledge, he has started – He's he has the worst starting uh, record at WVU since the Frank Signetti era, maybe even before so. that. So, uh, you know, we, we talk about 1979, and, you know, I, I've told time and time again about how many times I've talked about those seasons with my grandfather and, you know, even before that, going back into the 60s and 50s. Um, you know, those were hard times for Mountaineer football, man. We, we, we dug ourselves from the ground up and I guess what, what really makes me most frustrated is, you know, we spent how many decades building ourselves out of that. And then four years into the Neil Brown era, after we're trusting the climb, you know, we're, we're falling into a deeper hole than we climbed out of. So 
it's very discouraging as a fan to see where the where that's headed if that's where we're truly headed as a program yeah extremely worrisome but you know i guess flipping over look on the other side of the coin you know some of the things that you did like you said you did say some positive things early and um you know i think one of those is that they still have you know 10 games left and he said you know this can be a fork in the road to where we look back on it like that's where it really went wrong that's where we lost it or we look back on it that's where we got it the thing turned and the program changed and started to win games because it's you know it's possible it, it like i said it is possible. right now it's very hard it's very hard to see and you know we don't think it's likely. I think most fans don't think it's likely and are going to be more surprised if they turn it around than if it continues, you know, the way it has been just because you have a huge sample size of three plus years now of it being this way. So it's hard to see it turn on a dime like that. But like I said, there's always a slim chance. So it's not ruled out. Let's continue to cheer on the Mountaineers, see how it goes the rest of the way. But uh, any final thoughts on Kansas or the season or anything? Uh, West Virginia related before we hop off uh, onto some off topic. No, I mean, all I want to say is, you know, I, you know, I, I probably said it 50 million times, but you know, I, I'm hard and I'm harsh on the things that I, that I say about the coaching staff and sometimes the players, but you know, I will always support this team. I will always support, no matter who it is, I will support the coaching staff while they're at WVU. Um, so I can, I can be frustrated. I feel like I have that right to, as a fan, after everything that we've, you know, been through as a fan base, where we have the right to be frustrated at times. But I will say that I will be there every game cheering on the Mountaineers that I can. I looked at it the other day, and I think I'm only missing four games, four games, um, for the Mountaineers yeah, this year in its entirety of the season. And that, yeah, that's that's pretty dang good. So, I. I I'm proud to say that I support them that much, and I I will be proud to say that whenever. You know, we're back in winning football games. You know, I think that's one thing that I'm most proud of to say that I supported this team, you know, all through the low times because I feel like that's what makes you appreciate everything, you know, when everything does go good. Yep. 0 and 12 or 12 and 0, you know, we're there no matter what, going to be cheering on the Mountaineers and, you know, enjoying the chances that we get to watch Mountaineer football. You know, like I said on a previous episode, there's only 12 opportunities to do that in you know a 365 day span and then look forward to and then the rest of the time you spend look forward and get to do it again so even when the chips are down like they are right now still looking forward to saturday and this matchup against towson and you know getting to see the mountaineers take the field yet again and hoping that uh things turn around but that being said we're gonna hop into some off-topic babble All right, off-topic babble is where we like to just get in, get out of uh, off of sports for a second. I mean, well, not necessarily off sports. Sometimes we'll babble about sports, but I guess more off of WVU a little bit and just kind of talk about, you know, what we've been experiencing, you know, anything we've read, anything we've watched, just anything in life really, um, you know, off-topic, as the uh, segment name suggests, that we want to babble about. So, uh, Stephen, what's uh, been going on? Anything uh, you want to touch on? Man, I always do this, but I don't know if it's considered off-topic babble if you're talking about the NFL, if you're talking about a former Mountaineer. Even, hey, but. To me, if it's not WVU-related, uh, you know, it is. Well, it kind of is. I mean, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Geno's performance. That's my, that I was, was my off-topic babble. I was hoping that's what going to bring up. Oh, man. So. My man went off. 
and I knew he would. I've been telling, I've been awesome. calling it on this show. You heard it here first years ago when the man was playing in New York. I've been saying that this man was a baller. Of course, you've been following Mountaineer football for a while. You already know that, but man, it's just it's so good to see him do well. It's so well. It's so good to see him do well in such a high emotion game. You know, with Russell Wilson coming back, um, horrible, horrible clock management at the end of that football game, though I must say, yeah, that was bad. For that was bad. especially for a veteran, um, but man, gotta be gotta be happy for my man Gino in that situation. And Pete Carroll yeah, at the age of seventy hopping up and down the sidelines, that was fun to watch too. <laughs> yeah, glad to see Gino finally getting getting a chance to start again. Feel like you know he should have already had that chance probably again. Um, you know, things got tainted or whatever, but he was he was good with New York. People forget when he was first in there as a rookie and and things. He was just throwing in fire probably before he was ready, but still performed and just, you know, never really got a shot again. But now here we are a decade later. He gets the chance and he absolutely balls out on Monday night football. So you gotta love it. And then of course lead the Seahawks to the win over their former quarterback and Russell Wilson. Definitely awesome. Um as for me, um trying to think. I don't know if I've really watched. I've been watching, you know, She-Hulk, of course, on Disney Plus. It's, yeah, you know, hit or miss. It's funny. It's funny. I like the comedy in it all. I'll say that, yeah. you know, CGI, a little spotty and stuff, but it's enjoyable. So, you know, it's a fun watch for sure. I'm looking forward to uh, so much. Uh, Clerks 3 comes out this week. I got tickets for Thursday night. Going to go out uh, to Christiansburg. It's like the, one of the closest places it's playing to us. But, yeah, it's only got like a five-day theater run. If you're not going to see it like on the tour that Kevin Smith is touring it on with Jason Muse, but you got to pay extra for that or whatever. But five day it was like a two day theater run, just like the his last movie, Jane Silent Bob Reboot, but they extended it to a five day because of like high demand. So I was able to get tickets for Thursday. I think it actually came out. We're recording this on Tuesday. I think it came out today. But I'm super hype. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I'm looking at a clerk's poster right now, a couple of Kevin Smith pops, uh Kevin Smith's books over there on my writing desk. So yeah, Kevin Smith's been a big uh, influence on me and stuff, so I'm super excited. You know, Clerks probably like my all-time favorite movie. It's definitely up there. So I can't wait. Clerks three, it's gonna be awesome because Clerks like Clerks three is getting super meta with it, right? Like the character Randall in the in the movie is like having a heart attack, like Kevin Smith did, but he's also making a movie in the movie, which is gonna be in black and white, like the original Clerks. So basically, the guy in the movie Clerks three is ba- ma- making the original uh, Clerks kind of. It's super meta angle. It's pretty cool from the trailer, so I'm super excited about that one. But, yeah, that's 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 definitely what's on the top of my mind uh, off-topic off topic babble-wise. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even know – I had no idea that that movie was coming out, so that's pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a little excited to see that one myself. Yeah, yeah I was getting ready to – yeah, if you didn't if you didn't touch on how big of a Kevin Smith fan you were, I was gonna touch on that for you because I don't yeah, think anybody on, I mean, <laughs> on this listening base understands how big of a, a Kevin Smith fan that you are. <laughs> I don't think we have I don't think we have enough time for me to really dive into it, but <laughs> no, I just tried I to give so. a little brief synopsis anyway. <laughs> yeah, he could but, go on uh, for hours. Don't get him started I on could, flim flams either. I could. Oh yeah, you don't want to get me started on some conspiracy theory, uh, flim flams, you know, anything else. Uh, you know, some flim flam man, I can go in, but uh, we'll you save that for another another day at another time. Yeah, that that's a that's a different podcast right there. I think. I don't yeah. know though. <laughs> hey, but we're, uh, we're cooking up ideas I, here. I was about to say it is off topic babble, you know, so you never know that's what true. we'll get into as the in future episodes. But as far as this one's concerned, uh, anything else off topic you want to touch on before we dive into some Mountaineer news? 
uh yeah a little bit man uh if you if anybody in here is a big fan of like rabbit holes that you you know you give time in the evening you don't really have any time to just you got time to kill a good rabbit hole to get down into a string theory that's a great one to look yeah, into that is a good one that's that a, good is a good off, one. off topic babble right there yep there you go yeah y'all go check that out y'all be you know on the on the laptop for a few hours just uh it's gonna yeah definitely send you down the rabbit hole on that one i'll oh, let absolutely. you guys find that one out on your own but uh yeah good stuff good stuff all right so that's uh off topic babble for this week in uh, season five episode 134 now let's dive into the mountaineer news <laughs> All right, Mountaineer news segment here. This is where we like to give you some Mountaineer football and basketball news. Usually throw in some recruiting news as well, but without Bradley here, going to miss out on that this week, but we will have him update us on some recruiting news again next week for the Virginia Tech preview uh, podcast. But that being said, Stephen, Mountaineer basketball news. Uh, I know it's kind of the calm before the storm there, but uh, what do we got going on on the basketball front? Uh, yeah, not really a, a whole lot going on team-wise, um, you know, in, in the news front. Um, just obviously, if you haven't heard about it, you've been living under a rock. But you know, congratulations, congratulations rather to the uh, to the Huggy Bear, finally getting into the uh, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, well deserved, yeah. long long overdue. Um, and I think that you could see the the gleam in everyone's eye around that room if you watched his. Uh, his acceptance speech. And I think, you know, I even got teary eyed watching it. They played it at the stadium the other day, uh, but big congratulations to, to the bear on that one, because, you know, I thought we was going to have to wait until his retirement to have to, <laughs> to have to, to, you know, wait until that to see that. So I'm just glad they finally went ahead and, and, and put him in there. Absolutely. Definitely well-deserved and long overdue, as you said, and um, I'm right there with you. I was watching some of the videos the other day, the shout-outs from former players and other coaches and things, and definitely something that will get you emotional, especially if you watch Coach Huggins' speech. But, you know, one of the greatest uh, college basketball coaches of all time, so certainly well-deserved and hopefully, you know, can still give West Virginia some important wins, and he's going to keep fighting to get that natty. So we'll see what he can do for the for the Mountaineers in basketball, not only this season but moving forward because I think he still has – some years left in him. That being said, I'll dive in on some football news. Um, I know Frank Signetti, we briefly mentioned him earlier, former Mountaineer coach, passed away on Saturday, actually, sadly. So it was sad to hear about that. But once a Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer. And uh, prayers out to his uh, friends and family. Um, another Mountaineer news, football news, Pat McAfee is joining College Game Day in a full-time position as one of the uh, co-hosts there. So, that was really awesome to hear. Um, then come up this Saturday during the Towson game, Hall of Fame inductions, and you're going to see three former Mountaineers. Hard to believe they're already eligible. But Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, and Stebbin Bailey are all going to be inducted in the WVU Hall of Fame. And Stebbin Bailey will actually be there in person. Um, Tavon and Geno will not be able to, of course, but I think that they're going to send in video messages or something like that, I do believe. Um a little bit of a stat update here a couple weeks into the season now. Really uh, just the main one I wanted to point out was Bryce Ford Wheaton with the 
the opening to the season he's having, having, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk, bad and negative talk surrounding the team, but, you know, I want to point out some of the positives and definitely his performance has been one of them. He actually leads the big 12 in receiving yards, leads the big 12 in receiving touchdowns and leads the big 12 in receptions. He has 249 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns and 20 receptions. He also is currently second in the nation in receptions and third in the nation in touchdowns. Beyond that, just taking a look around the conference for the upcoming week three this week, going in chronological order in kickoff times here. Number six, Oklahoma traveling to take on Nebraska at noon. Texas State traveling to take on number 17, Baylor at noon. Ohio University traveling to Iowa State at 2 o'clock. Tulane traveling to play Kansas State at 3 o'clock. Kansas going on the road to face Houston at uh, 4 o'clock in the fighting Dana Holgerson's there. Arkansas Pine Bluff on the road to number 8 Oklahoma State, and that's going to kick at 7. Texas Tech goes on the road as well to face a ranked team in number 16 NC State. Uh, defense coordinator Tony Gibson there, also a 7 o'clock kick in that one. And then UTSA going on the road to take on the now-ranked number 21 Texas Longhorns at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, our Mountaineers will kick off at 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. 0-2 Mountaineers taking on the 2-0 currently Towson Tigers. Um, that being said, Stephen, any thoughts as far as uh, football news or any of the uh, Mountaineer news we've shared here in uh, this one? Um, no, I'm I'm really intrigued to see that uh, Kansas and Houston match. Yeah, uh, that's really, what I was hoping you'd really, comment on because I am too. Yeah, I'm really excited. What time does that game kick off? Uh, that one is 4, 4 o'clock. Four o'clock, so so I'll be able to watch that one as my as my drive home from Morgantown. Uh, yeah, there you on go. Saturday, which I up to this point, I think I might be going going up there by myself uh, right hey, now. I don't right. think anybody's wanting to go watch them play. It'd right, be now. therapeutic. It might be therapeutic. You know, I've got a little a, a little mountaineer family, if you will, that sits around me up there. Yep. Um, and so I don't I don't know if it would be that bad to go by myself for a week. I don't think I don't think I've ever done that. So. Might try that out this week. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, keeping an eye on that Kansas and Houston game just because the simple fact of if Houston somehow pulls out that win, the people that, you know, are the naysayers on the Neil Brown, you know, the fire Neil Brown um, crowd is going to just have another feather in their cap with that one. Oh, that's going to reinforce that argument. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't think about that, but that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's uh, gonna be uh interesting to watch how that how that plays out and maybe kind of give us a good test to see where Kansas really is. But as far as the Mountaineers go, um, let's dive in a little bit talking about um this Towson preview and get into our Towson preview and predictions. <laughs> All right, so normally here we dive in pretty extensively as much as possible on the matchups, you know, between the two teams. But with the, you know, difference in level of play here, as this is an FCS team that West Virginia is going to be facing, instead of doing that, you know, we're going to just focus on the Mountaineers as we feel this is like a week the Mountaineers really do need to focus on themselves and improving more so than anything else, focus on, you know, the mental mistakes the fundamentals, tackling, you know, just simple things like that. 
But so what we're going to do instead of diving in on the matchups is we're just going to go on each side of the ball and both name something that we really want to see from that side of the ball, what we most want to see, whether it be an improvement or new face, you know, anything, just whatever we want to see. So we'll start with the side that I think we can agree needs the most improvement on the defense, Stephen. And I'll kick it off first. Um, I think on the defense what I most want to see is just some new changes. I think it's I think it's time to see some new people mixed in there. I think we can agree that what we've seen so far hasn't worked, and especially with the knowledge now that Charles Woods is going to be out for this game um, and who knows how long moving forward, but definitely out for this one. Uh, Malachi Ruffin struggled, so I think, you know, they're cycling him back to safety, kind of moving him out of that corner rotation. But Andrew Wilson-Lamp, you know, we haven't seen him yet. Haven't seen Mumu Ben-Wahad yet. Of course, he's going to be playing safety now. Neil Brown announced that today. But Jacoby Spell sounds like he could get some playing time. But I want to see some of these young guys, you know, give them a chance. You know, why not? Your, t- your defense has been struggling. Let's see the let's see the Sonny Redwoods. Let's see the Jacoby Spells. Let's see the Mumu Ben-Wahads. Let's see the Trey Lathans maybe even. And let's just try and – I want to see them trying different things on this defense just so I know that they're truly trying to fix it and, you know, make adjustments and improvements in areas that they really need. And specifically to me, that's in the secondary. I liked what I saw from Hershey McLaurin. Aubrey Burks is out, so maybe you're going to see Moo back there, and that's one of the reasons why they transitioned him to safety. But uh, what are your thoughts, Stephen? What do you want to see from this West Virginia defense this week in this matchup against Towson? Um, you know, a lot of the things that you touched on, but first and forth, foremost, I, I want to see the ability to be able to adjust. Um, you know, I think Jordan Leslie talked about how, you know, they've seen, I think, upwards of maybe 70 or 70-plus 70 plays, um, and they've seen one formation four times, and that was the most that they've seen um, one single formation out of that offense. And that's very impressive for, for you know, the Kansas offense if you're if you're thinking about it. But, you know, out of a veteran coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, you know, he even said it himself. It's on him to be able to adjust. It's on him to be able to ha- to see that and communicate that with his players. Um, and so that uh, that would be the, the most important thing that I would want to see out of them this week is, is – to be able to adjust on the fly. And, I, you know, you're only going to be able to do that so much because I would imagine that Towson's only going to throw so much at you offensively, um, you know, being at the level that they're at. Uh, you know, at that level, they don't – you know, those offensive playbooks don't really get that deep. But, um, yeah, I, I think moving forward into the season, that's going to be the biggest thing that you're going to have to do because – if you're already getting exploited in that way, it's just only going to get worse as the season goes on. Um, and so I'm like you. I would like to see a lot of these uh, these younger guys get into the fold, see what they have. Um, you know, I would obviously like to see the tackling be a little bit better. Uh, I don't know where that, that issue came from. Um, maybe maybe just because some of these players haven't, haven't been in this defense for very long. But, you know, the arm tackling, arm tackling issues have got to be fixed. Um, that's just something that, I don't feel like West Virginia prides itself on and has never prided itself on. And I don't think any successful defense has ever been successful with arm tackling. So I just think that that comes down to fundamentals. So that would be the top, the top things that I would want to see. I'd agree with you there a hundred percent. You know, fundamentals definitely rings very loudly 
with this defense, or I guess lack thereof, it seems to be in the first two games. So definitely want to see improvement there. We'll flip it over to offense momentarily, but let's not neglect special teams here, Stephen. What do you want to see on special teams, you know, from the Mountaineer side? You know, maybe it's something you haven't seen or something you want to see improve, but special teams wise, what's sticking out to you that you think you need to see on Saturday? Um, I, th- I think that the glaring issue, I think on, I, I, we need to talk about how, how good special teams has been to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about the things that we need to, co- to correct, well, because I do think that the special teams overall, other than the, the kick return and punt return have, have been a highlight, you know, overall. Uh, with that said, I think that we need to work on ball security on the punt returns. I think that, you know, if, Amen. if that, if, you know, you're perfect in every other, you know, facet on special teams, and then that's your one issue, that's still a problem because that's, you know, that's turnovers. And then you get Kansas who scores on every turnover that they got in, in the game, and likewise in, in the pit game. You know, those points you're just leaving on the board, man. Like, that that issue has to be fixed. Ball security is yep. the first and foremost thing that has to be fixed. I agree. I'd agree with you there as well. Um, you know, I'm glad you said something about turnovers. You know, going back to defense, that's definitely something that I think needs to improve. Got to force turnovers. West Virginia's only forced one. They've turned the ball over four times. Terrible turnover differential, so that needs to change. But special teams-wise, looking at it, I think you hit the nail on the head. The return unit's got to improve. Kickoff return. You know, kickoff return is more about, you know, if seeing somebody make a play, they're not doing a bad job fielding the ball or, you know, maybe a couple times maybe didn't fair catch it when they should have or vice versa. But punt return, I mean, let's just find someone to catch the ball, please. Like, no doubt. It's been an issue for too long. That's definitely what I want to see. Improvement on the return, you know, specifically, you know, just fielding the ball on punt, you know, that's that'd be a, that'd be a great start. But we'll go from there. Um, offense. Let's flip it over, you know, definitely the bright spot of the season for the Mountaineers. I think, you know, going into the season, we thought the offense could be improved. We knew they had pieces. But the question was, how long would it take for them to jail? How long would it take for the chemistry to line up? And it seems like it took no time because it's definitely night and day from what we've seen the past three seasons from West Virginia. The Mountaineer offense clicking, but what do you want to see from it that you haven't seen? to this point, Stephen, or something that you want to continue to see even just when you're looking ahead to this Towson game and this matchup against an FCS opponent on, on Saturday that you should be able to, you know, hopefully not see the punter take the field once in this one. Um, but what do you want to see from the Mountaineer offense? Discipline. You know, I hate, I hate to be, you know, that fundamentally sound about things and just bland, but discipline i mean there's i i'm so tired of seeing us get into a position where you know we have a a third and one situation or you know third and goal situation and then you know false start kills the whole drive you know that's what with players that we have you know and the in the veteran the leadership that we have i know we have young guys but there's still leadership there you know those things are issues that shouldn't even be issues you know, multiple times in a football game in those situations, like they're going to happen. I get that. It's football. But if you're a good program, you need to be fundamentally sound. If you're not fundamentally sound, it's hard to be successful in any other way. 
You know what I mean? Like those, they're called fundamentals for a reason. (laughs) Those are, you know, the basic fundamentals of the game. I mean, false starts, um, you know, other than that, I think that the, the, the offense truly has been fun to watch this year. I mean, especially in the first part of the game the other night. I mean, I think, I think everybody in the fan base thought we were well on our way to, you know, just having a blowout win and enjoying a night in Morgantown. But, you know, I I think like the defense, the offense needs to be able to adjust on the fly too. Because if you're if you're doing that to their defense early in the game, and then they adjust to you know what we're doing, we have to be good enough to to adjust to that and be able to to be successful going into the game. And I know that's easier said than done, but I I just you know I find it hard to understand how if we can't find ways to adjust to a team like Kansas, how we're going to find ways to adjust to a team like Texas or God forbid, Oklahoma, because, you know, we were, we were all hoping that this was that year and it's looking less and less likely that West Virginia is ever going to get a win against Oklahoma in the big 12 era. And that, you know, we can talk all we want about 2007 and Fiesta bowl, but (laughs) you know, that's, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, especially with all the tough games we've had with them. It is. You've been right there, you know, on the edge of it. And I think we're barking up the same tree because I was going to say execution. You said discipline, but I think we're talking about the same thing. And, you know, to that point, you know, you mentioned Oklahoma and, you know, some of the close ones we've had with them. Just to show how much of this has been a trend, you know, the things that we've seen this season that we've seen throughout, you know, this Neil Brown's tenure at West Virginia. Look back last season at that Oklahoma game, right, Stephen? West Virginia ends up having to kick a field goal because they're getting ready to go in. They're on the, what, the two-yard line or something like that. And what happens? False start penalty. And they end up having to kick a field goal. And that's last season against Oklahoma. And here we are, first two games of this season. And how many times has that happened in the first two games? Three? Four? I mean, Way too many. And in important situations of the football, of that game anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, crucial, crucial times. That's what they. Yeah. That's one thing I heard today is they got it down. They had I think you know four or five uh, false start penalties in the first game, and they said they got it down to two in this game. But both of them were in extremely crucial situations. Both of them on the goal line with West Virginia, you know, with the chance to score. Or I think one was in a first and goal from the ten, and then one was on the goal line. But either way, they're both in goal to go situations when West Virginia has chances to score touchdowns, and I think they ended up kicking field goals on both of those drives. So it's just the same, you know, problems rearing their ugly head that have, you know, plagued West Virginia under this regime. And when it's happening for, you know, three plus years, it's, it's more than a trend. It's, you know, it's gotta be, it's not falls on coaching. So they've got to get that turned around. So as far as the Mountaineer offense, it's discipline. Like you said, it's execution as I was going to term it, but we're, you know, we're talking about the same things here, you know, eliminating mental mistakes and just, just fundamentals. You know, West Virginia has yeah. the talent in place, especially on offense. It's clearly obvious they've got weapons and, you know, the ability to score points. So just eliminating those little crucial uh, mistakes, you know. So I, like I false starts. I don't – like if it's the snap count that's causing the false start issues, I, I truly don't understand that because high yeah. school – in freshman year of my high school, in, in, you know, that was – if we were going on, if we weren't going on one, if we were going on two, three, or four, that was so stressed in the huddle before we walked up to the line. 
that you know what I mean like if if it's an issue then in the huddle we're like hey yo if you if you jump off sides like you know what I mean like, yeah like punch that yeah. punch the point home in the huddle man like we we can't afford any of that <laughs> yeah, I don't stuff. I don't I don't understand it I don't understand like it that's what that's all you think it would take right is even I mean you know I'm sure JT would be able to do that but you think the coaches would have drove this home by now? I mean, it's three years of it. You know, I don't understand right. how does how do you keep allowing this to happen, right? And it's just things like that, those little discipline issues and stuff. You know, that reflects leadership. You know, this attitude reflects leadership, yep. and I think discipline does too, or lack thereof. And it's that's all that's all it can be. Like, what else could it be if you don't put that on on coaching and you know the leadership of the team? that that they've been you know guided by how what else could it be that's exactly right and that's why i guess it's it's the most frustration building you know right now is because you've seen it for however long now and you expect those issues if anything to be fixed i think you know you can handle um you know a youthful receiver dropping passes every now and then you can handle you know you know a certain you know, side of the ball, taking their lumps for however long, you know, you can only handle so much of discipline issues lasting for however many years, you know, that, that just shows bad leadership and, and, and not much progression within the program, if you will, um, in terms of how we're building. Uh, I right. Yeah. Those are the so, first, I, the first things you need to, to address as a coach, I feel like. Yeah. And I think going forward, you know, we saw Shane Lyons come out with a statement that it's kind of like a wait and seem like a wait and see approach, but almost kind of seemed like a bit of a silent warning to Neil Brown as well. But I think going forward, as much as they're going to be looking at, you know, looking for wins and hoping to see wins, I think they're also going to be looking at things like that, the little minute details to see, are they addressing these? Are we still here, you know, for, in, let's say game six, seven, eight, are we still having guys have a ton of false start penalties? Are we still having these mental mistakes? Are we still having poor tackling? Has anything changed from game two to game, you know, insert number here, um, you know, throughout this season? Or do we still look the same that we looked earlier in the season and that we've looked in past seasons? So I think as much as us and the fan base know, something has to change. I think that those in the athletic administration as well know things have to change and they're looking for that and hoping to see that just as we all are. So let's hope that, you know, that they can do that and get the ball rolling on that because time is just about ran out there at the very end of it. Very end. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, like you said, it's, it was more of a silent warning from, from Shane lines because, you know, I hate to say it, but like, you know, all last year we talked about where, you know, man, we were in how many games that were one play away from being, you know, a win, you know, however many wins more than we had. Um, but, you know, how many times are we going to have to say that and how many seasons, you know, because the first two games of this year turned out the same way. So if you, you know, you get three or four more games that turn out this way and you get all of them end up on the losing side of the ball, you know, I hate to say it, but have we reached our peak with how good this, uh, this coaching staff can can get this program here and if so then you know then we obviously need to move on because we're a better program than that we're we deserve you know to be better than that and 
I mean, I love the way that he's recruited, but if that recruiting doesn't come to for wit, you know, if you don't see it on the field, then what's the what's the point of it? You know, you just got a bunch of five stars that's losing football games. Yeah. And that's what I said. You can do everything right. I mean, and he seems like he does everything right except win. But unfortunately for him, that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day is wins. I yeah. mean, that's what you're here to do is win. You can do – I mean, he's done great things with the community. He's done great things with the program and programs he's installed within the program and, you know, like you said, recruiting. And that's all well and good, and that's awesome, and that's a big turnaround from the previous, you know, coaching staff, a lot of those things, especially involvement with, you know, the community and media and such. But, and you know, as being as folksy as he is, he's really, you know, endeared himself to the people of West Virginia – early on up until this point, you know, now it's a completely different story, but that's because of the record, you know, because of his coaching record and because of the lack of wins and the lack of a signature win. I mean, we can talk about that, Stephen, you know, I know we've kind of digressed and went off topic a little bit as we tend to do, but this is a good discussion to have, I feel like, but I mean, what is, what's the signature win? I mean, is it, is it Virginia Tech last year? I mean, because it's a rivalry. Uh, let's hope not. They, they was a, I mean, that's a team with the Virginia Tech finished with the losing record. So that's what I'm saying. Let's hope that that's not the signature win because if that's what the signature win is, then we're not getting very, very far as a program. And I feel like that's what your main goal is all the time is to progress a program further and further. It's not to stay stagnant where you're at when you were hired on board. You know, that's not your job. If your job is to, to be the head football coach or you come in to win football games and increase the prestige and the reputation of a program. And we haven't done anything but stay stagnant. And if you're basing if, – if your signature win is off of a losing program who has just fired their football coach and is on their own rebuild, then, then you're in trouble, in my humble opinion. I think trouble, trouble definitely abounds. So we'll see, see how it plays out uh, moving forward. Definitely uh, plenty of time to see what what may come. But uh, that being said, Stephen, let's dive in. I think it's about that time to get into our keys to victory and our score predictions for Game Three of the WVU football season. All right, so uh, key to victory and score prediction segment here, pretty much. Self-explanatory, we're going to each give what we feel is the key for a West Virginia victory and then follow that up with our score prediction for the game against Towson on Saturday, um, this one, you know, September 17th in Morgantown, 1 o'clock kick on ESPN Plus again. But, Stephen, what are you thinking as far as the key to victory in this one to finally get the Mountaineers on the winning side of things? get the taste of losing out of our mouth for the first time in a while, both the team and the fan base, and get the Mountaineers their first win of 2022. What are they going to have to do? What's your key to victory? And then do they do it? What's your score prediction? Um, I want to say that the um, the key to victory this week for me would be attitude. Um, coming off of two very close games um, at the end of the game, games that you probably should have won, um, I think that your attitude needs to be you need to have a fire in your belly and you need to come out and you need to prove a point. Um, and if if they're frustrated with how the fan base is frustrated, then come out and prove us wrong. That would be that would be the attitude that I would uh, approach this game with. 
Uh, with that being said, I think that, um, you know, I think that they, they're going to come out with a point to prove, especially with it being a team that they know they can beat. Hopefully they don't come down, come out and play down to their competition like we all know that they have the ability to do. Um, with that being said, I think that the Mountaineers do bounce back this week, and hopefully this prediction doesn't serve as a bad omen like it did last week. Um, but I'm I'm going with West Virginia. Um, I'm going to pick them to win 42 to 21. I I just didn't see a lot out of that defense last week that makes me believe that they're going to hold Towson to 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 under that. Uh, they may even score more than that on West Virginia, but I think West Virginia gets. Um, Gets over 40 points this week, so I'm going to go 42-21. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, my key to victory is kind of similar as well. I went with resiliency. I think that this team has shown, you know, to be resilient in the way that they they do fight. That's the one, you know, silver lining you can look at with this team is they definitely are fighters. They, you know, fought to the bitter end against, you know, Pitt in the back of a brawl. And then last week, even when I think a lot of, you know, the fans and a lot of, you know, people have kind of, maybe cut the TV off, maybe left the stadium. They kept fighting and, you know, made it forced forced overtime. And so I think they've shown to be resilient, but they need to really keep that resiliency going in this one with all the echoes from the fan base as far as the questions with the coaching staff and the questions if, if this team can win any more games beyond this one and just keep their head down and grind and show that they're resilient and just come out and play and win and take care of business and move on to the next one and continue to do that week to week, and I think it starts here. And just, you know, getting a win, I think, would be great for this team, getting a win under their belt. So being resilient is a great way to do that. So that's my key in this one. Score prediction, not far behind where you are. I think the defense is going to sadly probably give up some points in this one, more so than you'd like to see versus an FCS team. But I think, you know, part of that is maybe because West Virginia is trying out some of these young guys, and hopefully West Virginia finds some hidden gems that they didn't know that they had. And um, figures out the pieces that they're going to need to try and be successful for the remainder of the season on defense because something's got to give there. And hopefully that does, but I think the Mountaineers finally get on the winning side of things, and I'm going 48-28 to 28 West Virginia with a 20-point win over Towson to get their first victory in 2022. So both predicting a win. Hopefully we're right, and the Mountaineers get on the winning side of things. They should but uh, we know how uh, should has worked out this season. So definitely tune in to ESPN Plus if you can at 1 o'clock on Saturday. If not, of course, Tony on the call is going to do a great job. But check out the Mountaineers as they look to get on the uh, first side and you know get on the winning side in 2022. And also, you know, if you haven't already, got to drop the reminder. If you're watching the video side of this podcast, hit the like button. That will help this video's performance and help our future video's performances as well. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel or on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel, as we are now featured on WVSports.com, part of the WV Sports Now podcast network over there, um, hit the subscribe button, whether it be on that channel or ours here at the Country Roads webcast. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer football content. Out to Mountaineer Nation, um, Season 5, Episode 134 here with the Towson Preview and Predictions. Episode 135, we'll be back with our Towson review and reaction. Probably going to release that, you know, Sunday or Monday. But, you know, immediately following the game on Saturday, be sure and tune in to the Voice of College Football YouTube channel and the West Virginia Voice of College Football YouTube channel. Subscribe those up if you haven't. We're hosting post game there all season long, immediately following the games. And you can get a little bit of our instant reactions there 
with that. So be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, the Q&A stream coming on our channel before the Towson game in between the time that this podcast is released and kickoff of the game. So stay tuned to our social medias for updates on that. If you're watching on the video side, you see it on the screen there. If you're listening on the audio side, we'll give it out to you. Twitter at WVU Country Roads, Facebook and Instagram, Country Roads Webcast, all one word there. And if you're on the audio side, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. That helps us as well. That being said, Stephen, we've predicted, we've gave our keys to victory. We've talked a little bit about what we want to see from all three units of the Mountaineer football team. A little off-topic babble and even, you know, final thoughts on Kansas and possibly the future of the Neil Brown and the West Virginia football program. That being said, we've delved into a little bit of everything, but, you know, there's always, you know, something left maybe. So, final thoughts, uh, anything you got? Hey, there's always basketball season, right? <laughs> hey, I don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I will say this. I think that the West Virginia, I think we're going to see some some surprises out of this football team still yet this this year. You know, we're still early on in this football season. So, you know, there's still some some work to be done, I guess, but there's still some Definitely. some good moments that could be had. I'm, you know, so with that said, you know, we've been tough on them. I'm trying to remain as optimistic as I possibly can. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think that, um, you know, we just – we got to be more optimistic as a fan base as a whole. You know, I think that's a lot of the problem too sometimes. But, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm babbling on now, babbling on at no. this point. No, you're good, man. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with everything you said. You know, basically, if I had to sum it up, I would just say, you know, take your seatbelt, strap it on, buckle it in. It's going to be a wild ride probably for this 2022 football season for the remainder of it. Who knows uh, where the road's going to take us. We may, you know, wind up off the road at, at some points, but I think, you know, ultimately we're going to have a lot of fun along the way with an exciting offense to watch and, just, you know, keeping our ear to the ground on what may come as far as coaching moves or non-coaching moves or who knows. We may be sitting here in a few months uh, completely shocked that the Mountaineers turned it around and won most of the rest of their games, and we're telling everybody to trust the climb again. You know, who knows? Uh, I was going to say, if, if, listen, if we're sitting here in a few months and we're sitting at 10 and 2, I will gladly hop back on that Neil Brown train, and, and I will be proud to say that, you know, that I did so, but. <laughs> I've got, I've got to see, know. I've got to see it proven to me first. You know what I mean? Like I'm at, you, you made it a point in the, in the beginning of the year. This is the show me year. This truly, truly, truly is the show me year. So yeah, definitely. So far not been shown what we thought we'd been shown, but it did make me uh, laugh because I saw a picture on Twitter. I wish I could think of who shared it and I don't, I didn't get to see, I uh, can't remember, you know, who's, uh, what the Twitter handle was, but I thought it was great. Cause it was like, uh, the caption was like me uh, after West Virginia turns it around and wins like nine out of the next 10 or something like that. And it was a picture of Neil Brown in the car from that uh, Chick-fil-A commercial we did. And the caption of the picture is that quote from Mean Girls. It was, but it's like, it says, uh, get in loser. We're trusting the climb again. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I would love it. I would absolutely love it because I, I do. I love Neil Brown as a person and as a, you know, as a man, but man, I, you got to do your job. 
Hey, but the way I see it, I've I'm already eaten crow right now for you know preaching trust to climb and being such an adamant Neil Brown apologist, and then having it turn so quickly the other way and abruptly to where I'm like, oh, I think I might have been wrong on this one. So I'm already doing that. So if I have to come back around and do a complete 360 back around again and start preaching trust to climb again because we're winning again, that's fine. I'm already, I'm already, you know, I'm already here. I'm already here. So I might as well come all the way back around. Is it so wrong that we want? our team to be successful is that yeah is that no. such a bad thing absolutely not. i don't think so absolutely not that's hey that's what we're here for we're here to cheer on the mountaineers and you know when when they're down we get to bitch about it and when they're up we can uh be super happy about it and you know brag a little bit and you know it won't be too long before we know it, we'll be able to brag again so um until that time, we're going to chronicle it all along the way here on the Country Roads webcast. But I guess that's pretty much a wrap here for Season 5, Episode 134, our Towson Preview and Predictions Edition. That being said, like I said, hit the like button on your way out if you haven't already. That'll really help. And be sure and subscribe if you haven't already. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer football content out to Mountaineer Nation as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community. And be on the lookout for more from us Coming in the very near future, plenty of Mountaineer football content along the way. That being said, for Steven, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go, Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.